Welcome everybody to episode six of Stars MMA. Another week, another week of fights. Here we are. What up, dude? What's going on, man? Oh, you know, it was uh it was just the Super Bowl yesterday and um absolute carnage. And we got blue balled out of a main event that we thought would get potentially announced during a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, well, yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Well, yeah, so the Super Bowl was on Sunday. Um, we had uh, Chiefs versus 49ers. I don't know. I thought it was an okay game. The first half was kind of slow. The second half was um, was a lot of fun to watch, so I will say that. Uh, it went into overtime. Chiefs won in overtime. Um, yeah, I thought it was a fun game. What did, you, what, what did you think, Zach? My takeaways are, honestly, legitimately, I've been watching the NFL for 23 years. This was the, like, worst NFL season I can remember in a long time. Just... I don't know. I was just not enticed, but I thought that the Super Bowl was pretty good overall. Pretty good game. I enjoyed it. I was fucked up though. So you know, things are gonna things are gonna get a little bit uh things are gonna get a little bit choppy, especially later in the game, memory wise. Uh I definitely went a little bit balls to the wall last night, but that's what happens when you watch the Super Bowl and you have the next day off. So let's face it. You passed out during Usher, didn't you? I did not pass out. I did not. Actually, I did not watch a second of the halftime show. I did well, not yeah, see no, of any of not. it. I heard Why that. I heard that Lil John came out and um, I respect that. And that's it, man. I did not. See, I didn't even see any clips from the yeah. halftime show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I saw a little bit of it, like in passing. But the only clip that I saw, ro- uh, you know, rotating around was um, the one of uh, Usher like hugging up on Alicia Keys, and everybody was like, "Oh, Swizz Beats is so mad right now." And I thought that that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with pretty much everything you said. It was a it was a fun game, but this this NFL season was not good. But we, we've all seen it, but we, we have it on our screen right now. The the Travis Kelsey shoving Andy Reid situation is yeah. fucking crazy. That was, and that the, was internet's, the best part of the night. Internet's eating it up right now. There's a few good meme points from the Super Bowl because there always is. Like, apparently, SpongeBob and Patrick were a co-commentary team. It's absolutely unreal. Uh, you know, Taylor Swift's in the building. Travis Kelsey's assaulting his coach. And the Chiefs might in fact have a dynasty on their hands oh no they definitely no do. they do they yeah it's they not do a might they definitely do so good for them yeah but uh dude did you see that uh 49ers player like blow out his knee on the sideline yeah like as mma fans we've seen some dreadful like just, leg just injuries sports fans like you Especially see somebody go down like that like like non-contact he's just kind of like jumping up and down like you know it's bad instantly. Bad you, step. You instantly you know it's bad. I was assuming it was like ACL MCL and it ended up being his Achilles, but that was uh that was that was tough to watch. It was um, not George yeah. Kittle. Yeah, it was not. That's okay. We we don't need to watch it. It was just yeah, he was like getting hyped getting himself hyped up on the sideline and like kind of jumping up and down and like as soon as he like took a step to go forward, like literally just blew out his Achilles. Yeah. Those types of injuries and the more we see them happen in any sport, whether it's on the gridiron in the cage, anytime we see another one of those injuries, it, it takes a lot out of your soul. Yeah, it really does. It hurts. It hurts to watch those. And, and then obviously, cause because they kind of have to, but they insist on like showing him on the sideline and everything. And he, like you could tell he's devastated. It was the first half of the Super Bowl. Uh, you know everything he was working for that whole year so that was just really hard to watch but 
Yeah. Anyway. Literally, like a couple of years ago, Odell Beckham Jr. snapped his knee on the sidelines during the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's like, not to stay on it, it's just, <laughs> it's devastating to watch any of these athletes suffer that type of injury. And you know that the pain is grotesque. And it's just like, it's fucking hard to watch, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, the shit happens. And it, yeah, it fucking sucks. I, I feel for, you know, anybody that that happens to. So shout out to, uh, that player, he was a linebacker. I honestly don't know his name, but I, I hope he uh, has a as swift a recovery as possible. Um, was that a fucking pun right there? A swift recovery? Oh, no, but... A swift fuck. recovery, was it? God damn it. Sorry. No, Sorry. no, I'm glad I'm glad you pointed it out. You set yourself I, up. I absolutely did. That's not what, uh, not what I was trying to do, but yeah, that, I backed myself into that corner, didn't I? Anyway, so... Uh, also going on this weekend, more UFC 300 madness, because why not? Um, a lot of stuff going on with the speculation rumors around the main event. Um, it came out either, uh, Saturday afternoon, maybe Sunday morning that, uh, the UFC approached John Jones this past, this past week about, um, headlining UFC 300 and he turned it down. When I heard that, I got kind of nervous because I was like, that seems weird. We haven't really heard about that much. I was starting to get nervous that, like, the UFC didn't have a plan. And then fucking Michael Chiesa decided he was a funny guy and tr- trolled us on Sunday and was like, oh, you guys are in for a treat today. Hashtag 300. Was just talking about the fucking Super Bowl. Was trying to farm likes. Fine. Okay, cool. So that got all the fans up in a frenzy that, like, maybe we're getting a... Uh, a main event announcement during the Super Bowl, which we didn't. And then it comes out today on Monday uh, during the MMA hour. Ariel tells us that uh, the UFC's top choice right now for the UFC 300 main event is Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Chemaev, which would presumably be for the welterweight title. Um, and this to me, just confirms that the UFC has no idea what they're doing with the UFC, uh, the UFC 300 main event. They they have no idea. They're just throwing shit at the wall and trying to make it stick because they, they Ariel also gave three other options for fights that they're trying to make. He, he also listed off Drinkus Duplessis versus Israel Adesanya, which we've talked about. Drinkus Duplessis versus Hamzat Chemaev, and then Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad. And let me tell you something. If we get to the point where they make Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad for the UFC 300 main event, just don't do that. Just, like, the card is fine the way it is. Like, make that the 301 main event or something like that. But I I just, I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't think they know what they're doing. Zach, what the hell is going on? What what have the fans done to deserve this? We are being blue balled. Everywhere <laughs> we look, we are being blue balled. Every time we refresh our Twitter feed, we are being blue balled. This is a despicable case with the card coming up in two months, two and a half months. Uh, what are they doing? I feel like you said they're trying to throw shit at the wall, make it stick, and it's not happening. They haven't had a plan for a long time. We've heard John Jones. We've heard Conor McGregor. There are fucking weirdos out there saying Brock Lesnar's coming back. And I pray to God that that I does pray not to God happen. it's not it too. I don't want to see that. Uh, I just I'm a little bit fired up about this one, Z. To be honest with you, like w- the events coming up, yeah. I, and I know we've touched it 
touched on it on the show several times already. What's this main event going to be? But it just, we're getting further and further into the madness of, <laughs> no, don't pull up Brock. I don't want to look at him. I don't, I hate him. Best, <laughs> greatest tattoo of all time. Um, we're just, we're digging, we're digging into this grave, trying to find out what this main event is. And everyone's just hurting. We all want to know. Yeah, I I feel you with with like how fired up you are because I've been fired up about this for a while. But honestly, I'm at the point where I'm just tired. You know, like they can just tell us whenever they feel like telling us, and it's like whatever. It is, it is mentally exhausting. You know, like any of these like fights other than Edwards and Bilal Muhammad would be fine. You know what I mean? But but Ariel also said that the current holdup is Chimaev's lack of ability to fight in the U.S. So that if that is the case, that knocks off Edwards versus Chemayev and DDP versus Chemayev. So then we're looking at DDP versus Adesanya or Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad, which again I I gave my thoughts on that. There's, so like, what what other options are we looking at? Like you know, at this point they honestly should just like call it the way it is. Just make the BMF title fight the main event. And then save some resources for these upcoming cards. We don't know what what's going on with 301, 302, 303, right? So I think 301 is going to be in Brazil. I've heard that it's going to oh, be... Oh, right. Uh, yeah, we have heard Pan that. Pantoja defending his probably, title. Probably Pereira, too. Yeah. And, unless somehow you're putting Pereira on 300. I, I really don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. Yeah. Uh, we were recording this episode today on February the 12th. Tw- 12th. I and so. yep. April, April 13th is the scheduled date for UFC 300. Yeah. So we're literally Just, two months away. We, we would like to know. We would like to know, you know, it's and Jemayev not getting into the country. He can't even make weight. Like if, that- if, if somehow they get him on a card for UFC 300, he might not even make 185. Forget fucking 170. Yeah, he's that, not gonna make middleweight either. That was another thing I wanted to bring up. Is like, there's no chance he's making 170 if he if he wants to fight Leon Edwards. There's just no way because that was the problem that we've already had. So yeah, you're right. I mean, let alone trying to make 185 because he's a huge dude. So yeah, uh, I I don't see Chimaev being a very likely candidate for headlining 300. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see what happens. And like the other fights that have come together are genuinely fucking awesome. It's already a really good card. It's just, you know, I think a lot of fans feel like it would be complete with a big, massive, you know, title fight or or some major fight that we don't expect. We, you know, it's just kind of it's it really has been exhausting trying to know what they're going to do. It, it's frustrating in, on a number of levels. Yeah. And just hoping for the best possible main event that they can put together. And like you said, if it's something that's not going to meet the expectations of the fans at this point, just say, save the resources yeah. and let's let's build as good of cards as we can. I mean, there are some absolutely incredible Dude, like, fights planned for 300. This, this card is dope. You, you're telling me Gaethje Holloway for the BMF title in the main event, Komain Zhang Weili versus Jan Shonan for the strawweight title, and then you have Charles Oliveira, Armin Sarukian, Yuri Prohaska, Alexander Rakic, and then throw any any of those prelims 
on as the pre, uh, pay-per-view opener, like Jim Miller, Bobby Green, uh, Cater Sterling, Bo Nickel, any of them. In my and, opinion, and there's no That's way fine. that Calvin Cater, Aljamain Sterling is not on that main card. I feel I feel like this bout order is kind of a little bit out of place. I don't know though. Well, it's def it definitely is because it has Garbrandt and Figueroa on the prelims when apparently Dana has said that that's going to be the first fight of the night. So like this doesn't have the exact bout order, but like at least those top four that we have up there, that's going to be those four are all going to be on the pay per view. I wouldn't mind having Cater Sterling as like the last prelim because that's a great fight. And then, dude, even if you want to put fucking diego lopez on the first fight of the pay-per-view just because he's awesome like you could do that any of those prelims you could put on the 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 first fight of the the pay-per-view like this card is fine the way it is yeah like like at this point if you don't have anything for us just give us give us what we have yeah but i just i just hate being left in the dark about it and that's all i got for now yeah just tell us whenever you're ready ufc or just decide that this card is fine either way uh but yeah so we had ufc vegas 86 this past weekend um another apex card another ho-hum whatever you want to call it card it was fine um jack hermanson uh beating joe pfeiffer by unanimous decision uh maybe the easiest fight of all time to score outside of like a 50 45 uh, we had 48-47 across all three scorecards. Um, all three judges scored it exactly the same way. First two rounds for Joe Pfeiffer, and then rounds three, four, and five for Jack Romanson. And that's exactly how the fight played out. Um, uh, Pfeiffer had his number in the first two rounds, um, looked great on the feet, was busting Hermanson up a little bit, and then just kind of gassed. Hermanson took over and uh, outworked him, outpressured him, and uh, took home the win. What do you think, Zach? That that felt like a vintage Jack Hermanson type of performance. Yeah. And, and he was able to actually hurt Joe Pfeiffer on the feet at one point. I was not quite expecting Jack to be able to get the better of Pfeiffer on the feet. No, me either. And he kind of caught him with his head down a little bit and just, you know, he had Pfeiffer staggered for a couple minutes. I want to say that was the third round. I don't remember. I think you're right because the I I remember the third round being like, oh wow, this is like the momentum has swung heavily in the other direction. So I, I think you're right. It was the third round. Pfeiffer started out pretty hot out of the gate. First couple rounds, he's throwing heavy leather, which yeah. is what he does. He's trying to take you out of there. Uh, and then Jack got a takedown in like the fifth round, which at that point you know is going to secure him the fight. Yeah, that solidified the decision um, for him. He, he it was weird because. Joe Joe Pfeiffer was piecing Jack up for a little bit, and Jack didn't shoot for his first takedown until like later in the second round. I was just looking say back that. on it; it's maybe he could have employed that strategy a little bit earlier. But Jack Hermanson's a pretty heady fighter, and he did he did the job exactly how he had to do it. And experience, like I said last week, was going to pave the way for him here. And Pfeiffer just couldn't keep up with the pace at the end. It, it was a it was a, f a fairly fun main event though yeah yeah back and forth i thought it was kind of fun like you said um and yeah you, you were basically right about everything you said um like you said last week the experience was what got jack uh over the hump in that victory um and yeah i was i was shocked that 
he didn't even go for a takedown in that first round. Not that it ended up like causing him to lose uh, the fight, but I thought it was going to, because like I remember saying to you in the second round, whenever he went for that first takedown, I was like, it's just too late, because he immediately got stuffed. I was like, oh, it's just too late. You know, uh, Pfeiffer is just not going to get taken down. He's probably going to get get the knockout in like the third round or something like that. But um, yeah, Jack just completely took over that fight in the third round. Um, and I think he just kind of, uh, I don't want to say exposed holes in Joe Pfeiffer, but I think it just kind of showed some things that he needs to work on. Maybe some, uh, whatever you want to say, maybe not like throwing so hard with every shot that he throws. You know what I mean? Like maybe implementing a jab and then conser- conserving more on his, his power punches, you know, wh- whatever you want to call it, but some things to work on for Joe Pfeiffer, but I don't think he's, you know, I, th- I think he's got a very good shot of making his way up those rankings still. And post-win, Hermanson on the mic asking and calling for the legalization of MMA in Norway, yep. which would be a remarkable thing. Should be in every country. I remember it was weird because, like, just a couple years ago, we were waiting for France to fully legalize MMA events. Like, you could train but couldn't host an MMA event. And then Hermanson did call for a fight as well with uh, Nazardine Imavov, who just fought last week. But I thought that was an interesting uh, post-fight interview with, with Jack, you know, pushing for some some fights in Norway. Yeah, I, I like Jack Hermanson a lot. He's just like a good dude. Um, and yeah, and that's just like a good cause. You know what I mean? There's probably so many people in Norway that like want to train and compete in MMA. Um, so yeah, I, I love that from Jack Hermanson. And like you said, it was a great call out. That would be an interesting fight. Um, I also just, I I really love when fighters make the most of their microphone time. Yeah, exactly. Because it it doesn't always have to be like something witty or funny. It's just, and there's so many different ways a post-fight interview goes. I've always been somebody, I kind of like to analyze all those interviews and just learn as much as I can about like every fighter. Yeah. But some people are better at maximizing mic time than others. It's just kind of cool to see Jack get that win. And then, you know, it's, you get your hand raised and you got, you got good things to say. And when you got good things to say, people want to listen. Yeah. We, we just want to get to know these fighters better. You know what I mean? Cause not a lot of them do a whole lot of interviews outside of when they're in the octagon after they've won. So we, we want to get to know these guys better. We want to see some personality and uh, yeah, like you said, just take, take advantage of the time. Cause it's, you know, it's so easy for a fighter to just be like, Oh, you know, whoever the, the UFC wants me to fight next. But like, like you said, like if you call out a name and set it up, like you're doing, you're doing the UFC's work for them. And you, we know how much they love when uh, fighters do that for them. So it's like, sometimes you're going to get it. Not every time, but shoot your shot. You might as well. Are you ready to talk about this co-main event? Yes, dude. We had the real knockout of the year in our co-main event so, so far so far, so far the, the weekly loot. knockout of the the so far year <laughs> we had 50k returning to action dynamite daniel ige knocks out andre feely cold in round one big z yeah it should have been a one punch ko like mark hunt style walk off but jason herzog just like didn't have a great angle so he he um made Danny gay like go in with a follow like a follow-up shot but yeah dude this was brutal like every once in a while Danny gay just fucking catches a body here we go like dude like 
like you you might not think it like just looking at him because he's like a little kind of a small dude but like he packs so much fucking power into his hands like i said every once in a while he just like fucking cold somebody and you're like oh my god what the fuck like he's got some of the more brutal knockouts in this division outside of like josh emmett you know what i mean like danny gay just doing the fucking thing the over the overhand right that danny gay throws is a problem for a lot of people dude like dynamite is i i think he goes by 50k now but like, i'm fine with like i like mixing it up i no, never know totally, i always totally. use both. but like dynamite is so apt to like the way he fights because he just fights like like a powerful he's just such a powerful dude but like when he lands clean on somebody he just fucking detonates dude like he detonates all over their face and i think you hit the nail Pause. on the head like um you know how he landed the follow-up definitely seemed unnecessary. Yeah. Jason Herzog had a very rough angle on that, watching from the initial yeah. point. Like, yeah, Herzog's one of the better referees in the game, and that wasn't, like, a bad stoppage, but it's no. one of those deals where the follow-up, you know Feely was out. His ass was knocked out oh, cold. Yeah. But yeah, at just an incredible, incredible knockout for Danny Gay. Yeah, totally. And, and at first I was like mad at Herzog, but then I just realized he it was literally just he had a bad angle at it. Like the the camera angle that we had, you could see like as soon as like before Feely even went down, like as soon as the punch connected, he was out cold. But Herzog was like behind them, like he couldn't see Feely's face. So it was just a bad angle. So you can't really get mad at him. It, like you said, it wasn't a bad stoppage. It was just a bad angle. Um, yeah, Herzog is one of the best in the game. You can't get mad at him for that. Um, but yeah, fucking hell of a knockout from Danny Gay. Another performance bonus for the man they call 50K, walking away with another one. Another very apt nickname for him, because when he wins, it's usually spectacular, and he yeah. usually ends up getting that 50K. Uh, that was a, a remarkable co-main event. It's always nice when a knockout gets you up off your feet. You're jumping and screaming, and yeah. Ige has that power. He has that overhand. He yeah. just puts people to sleep. And, and this is a Dan Ige household, so we were very excited when that happened. All right. Uh, want to talk? Want to talk RoboCop? Are, are we, we there? Just, are we? Are we just skipping the next one? Uh, no. Maybe. <laughs> what, what's <laughs> well, the fight? Okay. I don't remember. Okay, no. So uh, uh, we'll cover it. Uh, it was Ihor Potieria defeating Robert Brychek by unanimous decision. Uh, two thirty twenty sevens, and then a twenty nine twenty eight. Um, not a whole lot to say about it. Um, basically what you'd expect. Um, Potieria, uh, basically just controlled the fight on the feet for the first two rounds. Um, it got interesting in the third round cause like Potieria kind of got hurt like up against the fence and Brycheck started swarming and then Potieria fucking cracked Brycheck and almost finished him. So like the third round got kind of fun. Um, uh, but overall it was, it was a, it was a forgettable fight. I think it, I think it was like as weird as I expected it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Potieri is a fucking weird dude. He's like a Croatian with like a Beatles style, like bowl cut. He's very weird, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So onto RoboCop because he's the real star of this. He, he and Danny Gare are the real stars of this card. Uh, Gregory Rodriguez, AKA RoboCop defeats Brad Tavares via TKO at 55 seconds of round three just another robocop fight he's so much fun to watch uh let's see he was up two rounds on two of the scorecards and then it was one to one on the other scorecard either way 
just such a fun fight. He and Brad Tavares put on a great fight. Um, yeah, just uh, I had a lot of fun watching this. Dude, I truly feel like Brad brought him into deep waters a little bit too. Yeah, Tavares is. I think is, Brad hurt, definitely hurt him. Oh, once. he hurt him bad. Like at one point, you know, he had G Rod staggering back, and Brad Tavares is, is you know. He's had some interesting wins and some interesting losses. This was great matchmaking. I thought he brought the heat on G-Rod. Yeah. And G-Rod able to get the job done, like you said, in the third round. He uh, puts him away, TKO, KO, whatever you want to call it. He pretty much slept him. Yeah. Uh, Just looking at it, both guys wearing it on their face at the end, just swelled up and that was that was a dog fight but yeah we we were talking about g-rod last week we were pumping his tires and he gets the job done again at yeah. ufc vegas 86 and again this is a uh this is a robocop household so we we uh we, we popped for that we love robocop around here uh next fight michael johnson beating darius flowers by unanimous decision uh 30 27s across the board uh i'm really happy for michael johnson on this one uh getting a win because honestly, I, I can't even lie. He was up two rounds going into the third. And like the UFC does that thing where they like put tweets up on the, the screen and stuff. And like everybody was unanimous that he was up two rounds to none. And I had Tiago Moises flashbacks. You remember that fight where he was up two rounds to none and then got like heel hooked like yeah. 10 seconds into round three. But, I was like, as soon oh my as that God, happened, no. Like as soon as he saw that Johnson's up two rounds, Big Z's like, oh my God, he's going to get submitted. Oh, he's going to get fucking submitted. He's going to no, get choked no, out. No. Oh shit. And but he didn't, he didn't. He, he did have a knee land on him later in the third round too. And we thought, yeah, we thought there was a chance he was going to get himself submitted or KO'd. I was like, oh my God, no, please not to Michael Johnson again, but, but shout out to a veteran and a legend yeah. that gets his hand raised. Oh, and you know what? I actually want to say something that I realized when we were looking at the scorecards for the last fight, mm-hmm. but uh, Chris Lieben, former UFC fighter is finally getting some traction yes. as a judge with the Las Vegas uh, Nevada commission. Um, Lieben has always been really cool. And like, he, he wants to get into more MMA outside of the cage fighting aspect of it and seeing him take the step to be a ringside judge for UFC events puts a fucking smile on my face for sure. And Lieben over the last couple of years has had some health issues. Yep. He nearly had his life ended from some health issues and, He's back on track, and I'm really, really excited to see someone who has been in the cage be a representation as, you know, someone working for the commission as a judge because we talk about judging all the time, and it's not an easy job, but seeing former fighters take on these types of roles is where the sport should be going. I'm just really happy to see Chris Lieben cage side. Yeah, uh, like you said, he had those that that health scare uh, not too long ago, and so like we were just happy to see that he's still like alive and healthy and doing well. But to see that he's you know kind of like giving back to the sport in this way um, after having such a great career that he did, um, it's really cool to see because you don't see a lot of fighters, if any at all, um, after they retire coming back to do refing or especially judging. He might um, be doing better than he's ever been doing, even yeah. during his MMA career. Exactly. It's just like you said, dude, it's excellent to see it's him so coming back to, to the roots. And it, he's a good person to have in the sport. You want these types of people cage side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like as someone like I, I just rewatched uh, the first season of Ultimate Fighter not too recently or not not too long ago. 
Um, and just to see like the way he was back then, like just kind of being like tormented by other people in the house, but also just like, just like the way he was just to see, you know, how he's doing now and just really, really happy for him. Um, but real quick before we move on, this is kind of impromptu. Um, going back to Michael Johnson, I kind of wanted to just go back into his career, read off some of the guys that he's fought because he has fought. Like, I'm going to do something similar to like what we did with Frankie Edgar a few weeks ago. Not quite on the same level, but just some of the, some of these names that he's fought is just insane. So we'll start off like at the at the earliest point. Tony Ferguson, Danny Castillo, Joe Lozon, Gleison Tebow, Melvin Gillard, Edson Barbosa, Benil Dariush, Nate Diaz, Dustin Poirier, Khabib, Justin Gaethje, Darren Elkins, Andre Feely, the GOAT, Artem Loboff, uh, Josh Emmett, Tiago Moises, like we talked about, Clay Guida, and, uh, you know, a few others. But, like, that is just a fucking crazy murderous row of, of dudes to have fought in your career. So shout out to Michael Johnson. When I think back to that Justin Gaethje fight, dude, dude, that was one of the first, like, one of the first, like, slobber knockers I remember watching as a fight fan. Yeah. Like, watching that live, it was on, like, a Friday night yeah. of, like, the Ultimate Fighter finale or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Something like that. It was, mm -hmm. like, on FS1. Yeah. And those guys fucking brawled. Yeah. It was it was crazy to watch that fight happen. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and shout out to Todd Grisham, because he, he was the one who called that fight. I was about to say. He was not in the UFC for very long, but he made watching that fight so much more fun yeah so like he just he was going nuts during that and like i just thought he he brought so much energy i'm, I'm glad call. you brought that up yeah shout out todd grisham so so fight fans if you haven't seen michael johnson and justin gaethje's classic clash from 2017 you should get on that Please. and find those highlights because it is a burner oh i'm sure you can find the full fight on youtube please please take the time and watch it it's not very long and it is one of the best fights you'll ever watch it's so much fun all right. Uh, are there, were there any other fights on the main card? Uh, yes, there was one more on the main card. Uh, Hadolfo Vieira defeats Armin Petrosian via submission arm triangle at 448 of round one. Um, about what you'd expect, honestly. Like we said last week, it was like a classic grappler versus striker matchup, and the grappler won. <laughs> he took him down, controlled him, and submitted him. That's about all that happened, really. Like it was a, a pretty pretty great performance from uh, from Vieira there. Everyone loves an arm triangle choke. Oh, Everyone yeah. loves an arm triangle. That yeah. was pretty awesome. Um, why do I feel, I feel like weirdly I hadn't tuned into that fight. And then like, as the submission was happening, I was like, oh shit, there's a submission. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's weird. You're watching and your attention just gets grabbed away. Certain mm -hmm. things are going on, but yeah, no, I, I feel definitely like just a, a crazy submission. Well, not a crazy submission, but a, just a beautiful submission. Just doing his thing. Just honestly. doing his thing. Just doing his thing. Striker versus grappler, and grappler takes the cake this time. Yeah. I'll just uh, highlight a couple of the prelims. Some Actually, a couple of good performances. Like, the prelims overall were fine, but a couple of really good performances. Um, Carlos Prates? Prates? I can't really... I don't really know how to pronounce it. Uh, defeats Trevin Giles via KO at 403 of round two. Uh, this was a nasty knockout. Uh, pretty fun fight overall. Uh, Giles was taking it to him, but yeah, just a brutal knockout. Uh, I don't know if you want to speak on on that or if you want me to just move on. No, I actually do. Okay, I, good. I, I had this knockout and then another one um, for the prelims, but mm. this Prates 
Car- Carlos Prate. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that name either, but yeah. man, he put Giles to sleep. He really did. It was one of those. It was a vicious KO. Like Giles was waking up. You could tell he had not the slightest of a clue as to where he was, what city he was in. Oh, yeah. yeah we're going right to watch now. it for a second here. Oh, yeah. It's just a straight left hand down the pipe. Giles had no idea where he was. He, he kind of like had his head up and his eyes open, but he was completely unconscious. Yeah. Somebody a- commented cold. on it and said early stop. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. That was <laughs> that's cute, fucked cute up. Derek Lewis meme where it's just he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> but maybe not though. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so so this card actually did have some pretty nice knockouts. I think we've been a lot more positive this week already. Already, definitely. And, uh, that's good. That's a good thing. But yeah. there is another knockout on this prelim card as well that was fucking nasty. Bogdan Guskov, baby. Guskov. Do- dollar store Anthony Smith. <laughs> or whatever people on, on Twitter were calling him. Absolute legend. Oh, Guskov. He, dude, he fucking starched Zach Pauga. I love using starched when somebody actually gets knocked out. Yeah. But I have to try not to do it every time. Starched. I've got to mix it up. Got to mix up the starched. <laughs> Yeah, but he, so the Guskov flattened Pauglia. Yeah, yeah, great performance from Guskov. Um, I I didn't see his post fight interview, but I heard he had a funny one. But I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I reckon I'm not not familiar with that one either. Yeah, that's okay. Um, and then last one for me that I want to highlight is Hyder Emil defeats Fernie Garcia via TKO uh, at two twelve of round two. Um, this was Hyder Emil's UFC debut. I was not aware of him. But I am very aware of him now. He is 9-0 undefeated, and he put the fucking boots to Fernie Garcia. Not that that's like a world-class competition, but it's his UFC debut. It doesn't need to be. This fight was really cool. Really, yeah. really cool. The, the action, pro- probably the most nonstop action of any fight on the card. These yeah. guys were trying to put each other away from start to finish. Yeah. And Emil ended up getting the TKO, like a referee stoppage, I believe, in the third round. round second two. or third round. Two, oh, second two round. 12 of round two. For as long as it lasted, it was a crazy one. Great and like, like you said, dude, I didn't know of Emil before either. But shout out to Caposa because he was talking about this on Twitter. Oh, was he? Saying, like, if you didn't know him, this is what he does. It's kill or be killed when he gets in there. Dude, Caposa knows what the fuck he's talking about, man. Yeah, he always does. Yeah. And it's just. I know we're going to be looking forward to Emil's next fight in the UFC. A featherweight division is always loaded with these types of guys, and it's fucking awesome to watch them throw down. Dude, I feel like featherweight doesn't get the love that it deserves for being such a deep division because it's in between lightweight and bantamweight, which are the two best divisions in the sport. But literally, featherweight is probably number three. I have a like, fucking lot of love for featherweight, and we're going to get to talk about it with this pay-per-view coming yes, up. Sir. So Fuck yeah, it's a great segue. So let's get to it. UFC 298. We finally have a card to be fucking excited for, Zach. It's fine. Well, yeah, it's finally here. We we have UFC 298 coming up this Saturday from Anaheim, California. Second pay-per-view of the calendar year. Main event, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky returns to defend his throne against the contender, Ilya Taporia. Yes, sir. This fight is fucking awesome, dude. This is the one that we've all been waiting for. Uh, this is like, you know, obviously we, at least I was saying it like Yaya Rodriguez. I thought we had a chance. Or I, I say we, I thought he had a chance to beat Volkanovsky, but this is like really the guy that people have been saying, like he might actually be the dude to take the belt off of Volkanovsky. Um, so yeah, this is the one, man. 
this is going to be the sixth defense, sixth defense of uh, Volkanovski's title at 145. He is 35 years old uh, with a record of 26 and three, coming off a loss to Islam Makachev for the 155 pound title, which is a pretty brutal head kick KO. Which we'll we'll get to that later. Coming off of two losses to Makachev. Yeah, correct. No, uh, no, no. Well, he had the yeah, you're right. Rodriguez oh, yeah. fight in between. So not not too consecutive, but but he he lost to Makachev twice last year. The knockout loss was unprecedentedly bad for Volk. Yes. Volk had a little bit of a a bouncy 2023. Yeah. And now he's back. He's back to defend his title, back at featherweight. Wait, new weight classes are always different, especially yeah. for champions. It's hard to pull off that feat. Yeah. But um plus he took that rematch on uh on short, short notice. notice. Yeah, that's so. something I wanted to mention. And Volkanovsky was talking about how prior to that fight or after the loss, was it? He was like drinking like no, every so, day or. So he said that he had been drinking every day for the three to four weeks right before he got the call to fight Makachev. Wow. On short notice. So that month or so before he got that call, he had been drinking every day. And, and it was a short notice replacement. And he suffered the, you know, like you said, the head kick knockout loss. Yeah. It was one of those, man, you just can't see it coming. And it is the ones you don't see. And every fighter, I've talked to Big Z about this a thousand times, but eventually your favorite fighter is going to get knocked out by a head kick. Yep. And it, it like, it's just the inevitable thing that happens in this sport. And that one was crazy to watch just because like it was Volkanovsky. Like he was. He had that loss to Makachev the first time, but he just seemed like not invincible, but like I, I really wasn't sure we'd ever see something like that happen to him. But that was crazy to watch. So Taporia, 14 and 0. Most recent fight was a win over Josh Emmett that I believe went the distance, Big Z. Did it? I thought he TKO'd him, but I, I could be wrong. Here, uh talk for a second while I uh talk talk about how awesome Ilya Taporia is. Yeah, so Look at his record. Taporia, 14-0. Like I said, he is absolutely moseying and mashing through contenders at his pace, doing whatever he pleases, and he's here to fight the champion. I feel like it's been a long time coming for Taporia to get this title shot. He's kind of knocked off many contenders to get here, and he's the guy. He's the fresh blood for Alex Volkanovsky to fight in the featherweight division right now. Uh, Yeah. No, I... You're totally right. This is the guy right now. This is absolutely the fight to make. There's nobody else at 145 to, to be fighting for the title right now. Taporia is the guy. Uh, and you were right. It was a decision over Josh Emmett. For some reason, I thought he got a late stoppage. But um, yeah, Taporia is the fucking dude, man. 27 years old. Like you, uh, like you said, he's undefeated at 14-0. Uh, he's just sick. He's uh, extremely well-rounded, like Volkanovski, but... He is just vicious everywhere, like knockout power, uh, devastating on the ground. Even like he beats you up on the ground. He's got great uh, jujitsu, you know, really, really well-rounded. Like I said, I just think he matches up with Volkanovsky so well. And like, even if, even if Volkanovsky wasn't coming off of this knockout loss to Makachev, like if he had been like totally healthy, like everything was going right, I would still give Tapuria like a, very very good chance in this fight with Volkanovski coming off this knockout dude I don't know I I almost kind of favor Tapuri over here it the the odds I don't think I read off the odds Volkanovski is a minus 112 and then Tapuri is minus 108 so that's basically a pick 'em. 
that is essentially a pick 'em, and you don't. I, the, I think, think Tapori wins the fight. I don't. I like. I don't want to. Is that your uh, pick? Yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't want to <laughs> skip ahead to the picks. We don't have to yet. Well, we can do them as but, we go. Yeah, but I think Tapori is winning this fight. So, oh man, dude, how do you think he KOs him? That's that's the thing. I I don't know. I think I think he's gonna hurt Volkanovski a couple of times. Whether or not he'll be able to finish him, I'm not sure. I I'm curious to see because we were talking about how uh, when Volkanovski was going back. 245 after the first Makachev fight how that cut going back down to 145 after fighting at lightweight was going to affect him it didn't but after going back up to lightweight and having to make that cut again at 35 years old after the knockout loss I think that's a a factor to consider again there's a lot of factors consider and one of them is that Volkanovsky is really goddamn good at defending his belt yeah I don't know if that's my pick I'm gonna try to make a pick. I say Volk gets it done. Okay, I, I love I it. Say he, uh, I say he retains the belt via split decision. Ooh. I tell you, Taporia, if he doesn't knock him out, he can take it to the cards. This is going to be a dog fight. I really like. Kind of just f- my nerves are bubbled up here thinking about the anticipation of it because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a. It's a title fight in a weight class that we care about a lot. Like we just mentioned a few minutes ago, like the featherweight division doesn't necessarily get the love. It should Volkanovsky versus Taporia is a calendar circled fight for me. And it has been as soon as since as soon as it got made. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like, like you said, like I could totally see this. Like, I think this fight is going to end up being a classic if I'm being honest. Like I, I'm very, very excited, but I could totally see this going like, where Taporia has his number early in the in like first half of the fight, you know, he hurts him a couple of times, but Volkanovski ha- kind of has to like dig deep and wins like a hard, hard earned decision. Uh, but dude, I honestly don't. I've, I, I know I picked Taporia. I really don't know what's gonna happen. Either fight. fighter will have to dig deep to win this fight. Absolutely, that's the beauty of it. Fantastic main event. I'm happy to see Volk back defending his title. Yeah, I'm kind of rambling at this point, so I'm just gonna say, love this fight. Yeah, can't wait. Co-main event, another great fight. Uh, we'll believe it when they're in the octagon. Yeah, yeah. Assuming this fight happens and, you know, both guys have made weight and are, are in the octagon, this fight rules uh, three three rounds at middleweight. We've got number three, Robert Whitaker versus number six, Paulo Costa. Uh, right now, Whitaker is a minus 205 favorite to Paulo Costa's plus 170. Uh, let's see, Whitaker is 33 cost is 32 they got pretty similar height and reach um yeah so really no discernible difference there yeah i love this fight dude uh whitaker 25 and 7 uh coming off of that loss to ddp uh cost is 14 and 2 coming off a win over rockhold yeah this fight is dope this is such a good goddamn fight and paulo costa hasn't fought since rockhold no he has not oh boy so he so he had a quote unquote had a scheduled fight with Ikram Alaskarov for it a, was a couple pay per views ago, yeah, right? maybe two ninety six or something like that. But it's another one of those cases where the UFC announced it without the fight being signed, and almost as soon as the fight was announced, Costa was like, "Yeah, <laughs> this fight's not happening," and he made it very clear and very public that this fight was not happening. So 
They found a replacement pretty quickly. I think it was like Warley Alves or something like that. Alice Garoff dispatched of him very quickly. Um, but yeah, he has not fought since Luke Rockhold. Outside of like championship bouts in this division, this is one of the fucking best fights they could make at 185 right now is yeah. Whitaker and Costa. Absolutely. And what's cool too is these two are wildly different personality-wise, not just fight-wise. I was going to say like fight style-wise style too, yeah. But personality-wise, they are both very cool for very different reasons. <laughs> yes. Like Robert Whitaker is like the most genuine human you've ever seen. And Paulo Costa is a goofball. Chaos incarnate. Yeah, yeah. I say I love saying chaos and carnage, and that's what Paulo Costa is in and out of the cage. He's yeah. he might be like I we briefly discussed doing like a what fighter has the best Twitter account segment. This isn't a segment, but I Paulo Costa is one of those accounts. Oh, he's definitely he, up there. He's drinking his secret juice. He's teasing the fight fans like and some of his tweets are just very wild. This this is random. Keep going for a second. I want to see if I can find one of his tweets real quick. But uh, I, I love this fucking fight, dude. Paulo has dangerous hands. He's very dangerous in the hands. Um, he's got a lot of knockout power. He's also been tested. Robert Whitaker, they don't... He is like an ultimate middleweight. And he's not a gatekeeper. He is a former champion. He held that belt for a long time. This is a, a fantastic fight, Big Z. I'm just trying to think about what could possibly happen in the cage for this fight. Yeah, this fight is awesome, dude. I uh, like I don't want to say that it's like clear, but I I feel pretty definitive that like Whitaker is the like better, more well-rounded fighter, but Costa just like brings that like chaos factor. Like you don't know what the fuck is going to happen, like the unpredictability. And he's got power, you know what I mean? Uh, and and Whitaker is coming off of that that loss to DDP. He was finished. So, honestly, I think this is, like, the perfect time for Costa, honestly. You could maybe catch Whitaker slipping a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I love this fight so much. But, yeah, I found this <laughs> this Paulo Costa tweet from, like, I don't know, two weeks ago. Actually, just a week ago. Sorry. Uh, this is in all caps. I went to the pizzeria to buy my dinner. And while waiting for the pizza to be ready, I drank four beers, smoked one cigarette, and picked up the phone from a fat lady. Jesus of Nazareth, what am I doing with my life? Dot, dot, dot. I was hoping that was the tweet you were going to read because, you know, I read that and thought I fell into a K-hole. Yeah, I was like... Like, that was just fucking crazy. <laughs> that, was, that's I what was, we're saying when we're saying he, he has a wild Twitter account. I was gasping for air. I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about but right now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my pick. I say Paulo Costa by TKO. Oh, we're making picks for this? I'm making a pick. I'm making a pick. I love it. I love but it. I am rooting for Robert Whitaker. Very much I am rooting for Robert Whitaker in this fight. Uh, but Costa gets it done. Second round TKO. Wow. I love it. Um, yeah, again, we're going to show our bias on this show because we don't really care. This is a Whitaker household. We don't have so, to care. Yeah. We can again, like the fighters yeah, we want to. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can support the fighters that we want to. So this is a Whitaker household. We are rooting for Robert Whitaker. <sighs> Do I think he gets it done? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'll say Whitaker by decision. I'll just say it's just a a workman like performance. Not to say that it's like boring, but I'm just gonna say he he's gonna do what he has to to get to get it done. Whitaker's one of those dudes that just doesn't want to lose two in a row. He doesn't want to lose at all, but he, he certainly doesn't want to lose two in a row. Um, I think he's going to do what he has to to get this fight done. Um, 
I think he knows what Costa could potentially bring in the sense of like not knowing what he's going to bring, you know, just to kind of expect anything. Uh, so yeah, I'll say Whitaker gets it done by unanimous decision. All right. And coming up next on the card, we have the ultimate rebooking. We've been ready for this one for a <laughs> while. We've got contenders in the welterweight division. We've got number eight, Jeff Neal versus number 10, Ian Machado, Gary. Here we are finally, finally back at the, at the fight that is Jeff Neal and Ian Gary. Hopefully it happens this and, time. Yeah. Like ho- hopefully the fight actually happens this time. So yeah. Uh, well, what, before I read off the actual fight odds, what are the odds that, uh, Gary breaks that shirt back out with Jeff Neal's, uh, uh with his mug, mug shot? shot on it? Yeah. That's just nasty. It is. No, it's fucked up and it's nasty, but like the odds gotta be like minus a thousand that he wears that shirt at some point this week. Right. Yeah. Is there like a press conference or something? Like, you know, he's going to be probably he's going to be, I, they probably already had one, but well, no, they, they usually do it on like Thursday of uh fight week. So either way at some point this week Ian Gary will be wearing that shirt with Jeff Neal's mugshot on it which is very classy um but yeah so Ian Gary is a minus 245 favorite Jeff Neal is plus 200 which is pretty substantial um I I kind of understand why but I don't know man I I think this is a fairly close fight uh let's see let's see Ian Gary is 26 Jeff Neal is 33 Ian Gary does have a pretty substantial height advantage but jeff neal has a half inch reach advantage um so i think that could get really interesting um yeah i love this fight a lot uh jeff neal is 15 and 5 uh his last fight was a loss to shock shavkat rachmanov which is a great fight love that fight um ian gary is 13 and 0 uh his last fight was a win over neil magny in boston which we were there for it was an okay fight um yeah, I think both men are spectacular on the feet. I think there's going to be some pretty good action. I just don't really know what to expect. I really am not sure who I think is going to win this one, Zach. I might sprinkle something on Jeff Neal at plus 200. Bro, that's what I was thinking as I was reading off those odds. I was like, shit, man. That's some good value. That's some very good value. You could even take him by KO. That's what I'm saying, dude. Uh, I feel like if he gets it done, it probably is by KO. It'll have to be in my eyes. It'll have to be Ian Gary's very skilled. He's very Gary, very Gary. Uh, he's, he's a super scary Gary. He's a super skilled welterweight. And uh, it, I really feel like Jeff Neal at plus 200 is kind of an interesting odds line. I mean, no odds are subject to change all the time, but yeah, I, I get why Gary is such a big favorite because it is kind of just that Ian Gary effect. Um, but I really feel like uh, Jeff Neal is being uh, underrated in this fight. Uh, like you said, I'm I'm looking at it like, damn, Neal at plus 200. I, and we don't have to make picks for this fight, but I kind of feel like he might get it done. Like, dude, Ian Gary got dropped by Song Kanan a few fights ago. Like, dude, you're telling me Jeff Neal couldn't put his ass down? Like, he could definitely fucking do that. Jeff Neal is going to put his ass down. That's what I'm saying. That's my prediction. Third round KO Jeff Neal. Love it. And uh yeah, I'm I'm I've got some confident picks, which is great when they all fall apart on Saturday night. I know, right? Just just like the uh the parlay, baby. Not every week am I like, oh, I I know this guy is gonna win, but I got some good feelings about this weekend, and it's all gonna be blown to pieces. I can't wait. Yeah. No, but this I fight, can't wait. This fight is awesome though. Uh next fight. 
This one is super interesting. Uh, at bantamweight, we've got number two, Marab Dewalishwili versus number three, Henry Cejudo. Uh, Marab is a minus 198 favorite. Cejudo is coming back at a plus 164. So kind of close. Um, Marab is 16 and four. His last win is over Peter Yan, or his last fight was a win over Peter Yan. Cejudo uh, is 16 and three. His last fight was a loss to Aljamain Sterling for the bantamweight title. Um, yeah, I, I think this fight is very interesting. Um, I think it's clear what both guys like strengths are. Both guys are great wrestlers, control guys on the ground. Um, I'm just not quite sure what to expect from this one, Zach. Yeah. So, so Hudo's coming out of retirement. Uh, no, he's not. what he just fought Sterling a few months ago for the title. Oh, like I said, we can, we can cut that out. No, no, we can't. No, we can we can definitely we can definitely cut that out, Nate. If you cut that out, Nate, cut it out. <laughs> no, cut so it basically out. what happens is I fucking don't like Henry Cejudo, and I always forget about what he's up to. But yeah, this is a this is an interesting fight. Um, and something happened today that I saw on Twitter, and it was uh, well, I don't know if it happened today, but it probably didn't happen. Henry today. Cejudo fired his head coach Eric Alberacid. Like on on a fucking like on like, camera. I think this was for UFC countdown. Before you play this, Nate, we're we're gonna listen to this. Uh, it, I wish we could show you guys the video, but if you have the time, you should you should go watch the video because it's really fucking funny. It's just such, but, a, such a weird way to tell your coach you don't want him in your corner. But we're gonna watch this, and then we're gonna talk about whether or not we actually think this was like how he actually told him, or do we think that he told Coach Eric beforehand? and then filmed this just for the fuck of it, for whatever reason, I don't know, but go ahead, Nate. Well, Cap, I didn't want to talk to you and like the whole team, man. When you were with me for my last Olympic trials, you've been there for me, but as of right now, I just want to let you know, man, that for, for this camp, dude, I'm getting rid of specific coaches, man. Unless you included, dude. Sometimes you are too close to somebody and people just get too comfortable. The goal has always been the same, for you to be the greatest combat athlete of all time. And to me, that was a dream come true. This is why this man is the GOAT coach, the most unselfish human that you will ever meet, Captain Eric Albers. I know the mistakes. Dude, like, what the fuck, man? Like, Cringe I, Henry Cejudo is the dumbest fucking thing in the sport. Dude, I don't even know, like, what to take from this. Like, he they, was like, he was like, all oh, these guys are getting too close. I need new coaches. What You're in fucking the out. MTV bullshit was that? And then he puts his arm around him and is like, this guy is awesome. I love him. He's selfless. Coach Eric, get the fuck out of my gym. <laughs> Not even <around> him. <laughs> no, you're right. He literally just puts his hand on his shoulder. That is so fucking funny. Uh, yeah, so that's just like a little bit of a weird twist and turn heading into the fight. And these like, guys have been together for a very long time. For a long time. And now there was something on Twitter today where like <laughs> Marab was like, I'll see you in my corner or something like that. And I don't know if that's actually happening. But that would be funny as shit. If it does, that's that'd something be... that Marab would do just because Marab is like, he thinks he's funnier than he actually is. So I, I know we got a little off topic there. A lot of that is my fault. Not but at all. This is very on topic. Uh, Marav and Cejudo are both two of the division's like most excellent wrestlers. This is this fight screams grapple heavy. Yeah, which almost makes me wonder if it's going to entirely play out on the feet. Yeah, honestly, that's 
that's the uh the thing you always have to kind of think about like the the classic example we always have is uh ben Askren versus damian maya one of the greatest striking matches we've ever seen in the ufc <laughs> for no fucking reason uh <laughs> but yeah honestly i could totally see that happening and if that does play out on the feet like i don't know i think cejudo was probably the better striker but marab is fucking hard to put away man like fucking marlon marice hit him with a fucking baseball bat several times in that fight and could not put him away um so i don't know i i think that would be a, a very interesting fight if we're, if it were to play out on the feet um but yeah who knows man i i don't know my question about this though is do you think the winner of this fight actually like definitively gets the title shot next probably <laughs> you can ask the champ <laughs> yeah exactly it, i think you can ask the champ if if he thinks that I think it depends heavily on who the bantamweight champion is after 299. Because if it's Sean O'Malley and it's Marab Dwalish Wheelie, I am highly skeptical that that fight happens. I also think it would be really funny to see, like, okay, if Henry wins, I think it would be really funny. And if Sean wins coming up, I think it'd be really funny to see O'Malley, like, fucking choke out or knock out Henry Cejudo. Yeah. Like, so the the way I envision it, just because like O'Malley is like so much taller than Cejudo is, Cejudo's literally five three. I think O'Malley's like six feet. The like the, just first of all, the visual would just be insane in that. But the way I see it is, you remember um, uh, Dan Hooker's knockout over Jim Miller? Mean. Yeah, like just kind of like just a knee up the middle. He doesn't even see it coming. Like that's kind of how I envision uh, O'Malley. KOing Henry Cejudo. Well, maybe someday in the future of the Starched MMA podcast, we'll be able to look back on episode six and say Henry Cejudo got knocked out by a Sean O'Malley up the middle flying knee or That'd any kind of a flying knee. Any any sick. any kind of knee that that knocks out that little twerp Henry Cejudo. Uh, yeah. As far as the fight goes, I think Marab wins. Twerp. Marab wins split decision. I've been trying to think about a pick for like the last five minutes. There's nothing was coming to me. Yeah. Realistically, that's why we've been rambling is because we don't know what to, uh, what to pick. Um, yeah. You said Marab by decision, split decision. Yeah. I'm going to take Marab by split decision. Yeah. I think I'll agree. Um, I think Marab might just end up being a little bit too much for Cejudo. Um, Marab's pressure is just insane, dude. Like Cejudo has, good cardio great cardio but i just don't know if anybody can keep up with the pace that marab pushes um so yeah i i agree i think i'll i'll take marab by decision one more fight on the main card yeah yeah one more fight we're we made it we made it we got uh another middleweight fight it seems yep. like there's been a lot of those the last couple of weeks we have bro we've had probably 15 middleweight fights over the last four cards what a start to the year gotta love it we have uh, an, a ranked contender, number 14, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, taking on Roman Kopilov. And Big Z, this fight might be flying under the radar just a little bit. I think it is, honestly, um, especially because um, Kopilov took this fight on short notice. It was supposed to be Ikram Alaskarov, which people were super excited for that matchup. Hernandez versus Alaskarov, that fight was going to be awesome. So when I think Alaskarov... I think when Alaskarov fell off and Kopilov um, stepped in, people kind of lost their excitement. But I really think this might be just as exciting of a fight. This is absolutely one of those low-key sleeper picks for fight of the night. 
for me, it's not a sleeper pick because I'm not a casual, but <laughs> I just, this, this, this type of competition at middleweight, this is like really good matchmaking. You got, yeah, you got a, you got a brawl on your hands here. Oh yeah. Don't, don't expect this fight to go to a decision. Like if you're, if you're looking for a parlay piece to bet on this weekend, uh, this fight under one and a half, under two and a half, whatever it is, it'll probably be one and a half. Take, take the under, take the fucking under because it's, it's almost a guaranteed hit in my opinion. I'm going to I'm going to go right ahead and give my pick cuz I don't have a ton to say about the fight itself other than make sure you watch it. Make sure you're tuned in for the start of this pay-per-view main oh, card. Oh yeah. Do not but miss this fight. I'm going to give my pick. I think Kopilov by KO. Oh shit. Okay. All right. Um I think this is going to be a classic Anthony Hernandez fight. I think these guys are going to beat the shit out of each other for two two and a half rounds and then uh, Hernandez is going to submit him in the third round. A uh, likely story. It will be a a bloody affair, but I think Hernandez pulls it out in the third round with probably like a rear naked choke or something like that. All right. And uh, I think we got a couple prelims we want to probably highlight for this UFC 298 card coming up. Yeah. Do our best to preview the card for all you listeners out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, prelim main event, for lack of a better term, we got... Um, uh, women's strawweight Amanda Lemos versus uh, number three Amanda Lemos versus number seven Mackenzie Dern. This was supposed to be Lemos versus Jessica Andrade, so Dern is taking this on short notice. But um, great ranked top ten women's strawweight matchup. Um, yeah, some Brazil on Brazil action. Lemos is thirty six, Andrade is thirty. Um, I just think this is going to be a pretty fun fight. Honestly, we have to ask. Has Mackenzie Dern worked on her striking? Probably not. That's that is like I and I like I think Dern's really good. That's a question I've that you always feel like you got to ask is like, has she worked on her striking? Yeah. I don't know. Lemos just kind of hits like a truck. Yeah. For a straw weight, she's got a lot of power. I actually like this fight quite a bit, and I think it's like a good cap for the prelims. Yeah, absolutely. Like straw weight has been very good, and this is a fun ranked like ranked opponent fight. You know. This could be like a co-main event on a card or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- I think this is just a, a really good straw weight fight coming up here. Yeah, I like this fight a lot, like you said. Um, yeah, and I kind of just feel like Lemos is just a bad matchup for Dern. But we'll guess we'll we'll uh we'll see. Another one which I kind of feel like nobody's really even talking about, which maybe for good reason. I don't know. We've got uh Rinya Nakamura versus Carlos Vera at men's bantamweight. Neither guy is really like of that big of a name, but I think both guys are just really good young talents. Um, and I'm, ex- I'm just excited to watch that one. Honestly, I don't know much about either, but I'm just excited to see and, and learn more uh, about both of these guys. Anything on that one, Zach? Nah, you said it yourself. Yeah, no, that, that's okay. Uh, last one. Uh, this is the uh, very first fight of the night. Uh, women's flyweight. We've got number 15, Andrea Lee versus Miranda Maverick. I actually like this fight a lot. Miranda Maverick was once one of those girls that was like, like what we think of, of like Aaron Blanchfield right now, we used to think of for Miranda Maverick. You know what I mean? Like we used to think that she was, she was one of those girls that was going to get up to the top of the division, maybe fight for the title. Um, she, she suffered a couple of setbacks, but I really think she's still a, a talented fighter. And uh, Andrea Lee, I think is a great test for her, honestly. Yeah, it should be another fun fight. I believe it's the first fight of the entire card. Yeah. Um, another pretty good women's fight. Uh, they're they're pretty fairly even record-wise 
It's that type of fight. I think it's yep. a good competitive natured fight. Uh, Andrea Lee's got a few different ways to win. Like you said, a couple years ago, we thought Maverick was about to be that fighter starting to climb to the top. Yep. This is pretty good test to see where both women are at. And um, I think it's a good, it's a good door opener for the, for the pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. And that's about all we got, but dude, I'm so fucking excited for this card, man. We finally got one to be excited about. It is a great card. It's it's going to be a real treat for you guys on, on Saturday. It's going to be a great one. I also, like, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like this has been a banger of an episode. Fuck yeah, dude. So, uh, great things are coming to the Stars MMA world. I hope everybody enjoys the fights. UFC 298, massive pay-per-view this Saturday night. And uh, we'll be talking about all of it next week on the pod. So I hope everybody enjoys the show. Bang! Bang!